0: How many of you would say that you are growing as a Christian? Don't raise your hand, first of all. Think about it first. How many of you would say that you are growing as a Christian? And what does that mean to you? Growing as a Christian. How many may be sitting here and you might be thinking, yeah, I'd like to be growing spiritually, a little bit more than what I have been. I've even found that I'm not as involved or as committed as I used to be. In years past, I was doing all these types of things. I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, you know, when (laughs) I... when I was growing up just a couple, few years ago. <laughs> we had church on Sunday morning and Sunday night, and we had Sunday school, and we had Wednesday night. And we had revival services that was go for, scheduled for a week and maybe go two. I don't know if you know, <laughs> that'd, that'd be pulling some people real a whole lot out of their comfort zone if that was to be the, the schedule. But I'm convinced of this. When people see things that are important and that are life-changing, that are effective, that are worthwhile, then they start to come. Sometimes there's hidden things that are happening that we don't quite know about until you put your foot back in the water a little bit and got to test the water, right, to feel it again. So I believe today the Lord wants to take us he wants to take us to the next level. The question, first of all, would you say that you're growing as a Christian? Put that up on the slide, if you would, please. Or are you stalled out spiritually? How committed are you? Are you 50%, 75%, 100%? I should have put on there 110%. <laughs> like, We know what that means. That's hyperbole for it. It's everything I got Plus. But God wants to take you say next level to the next level say next level Come on say it with some encouragement and I want to go to the next level <laughs> Say ah you're baiting us you're setting us up Because if you want to go to the next level obviously there's going to be some things This isn't about your salvation this isn't about what you, you know, work, being works-oriented, but this is about you growing. Now, there's a saying that everything that is uh, healthy grows. So what I want to talk to you about is obviously, obviously giving you the healthy things that will make for you to grow. At times, it feels like work. How many of you ever worked a garden before? All right. But out of the garden comes good fruit, comes good vegetables, comes good food, right? How many of you ever raised cattle before? Cow. We haven't had many of you people do that, right? Anybody ever milk a cow before? Wow, all right. That goes back a little ways. You worked, you know what it's like to go to the next level. I am here today and I want to tell you, God wants to take us to the next place. He wants a cause for us to be a people who aren't aware who, who would who would not be unaware of where we are as far as in our geographical, spiritual location. How many of you have ever seen that show, uh, Smarter Than a uh, a Fifth Grade? Not fourth grade, I was going to say fifth grade, yeah. How many of you got baffled by some of the things that was on there? (laughs) How in the world can it be that a fifth grader would know more than me, Right? Because they're getting so much more knowledge at a regular basis, right? I mean, it's just being poured into them. I mean, the books themselves, the texts are at a whole higher level than what some of you more experienced individuals were when I was a kid, right? All right. All right. Things are way different. It's only during the times of quizzing and testing that you discover what you don't know, right? So some people, how many of you like test? Anyone here like a test? You like it. Okay. Because why? Why would you like a test, Les? Gives you a barometer of knowing where you're at. All right? <laughs> I can't, but I don't like it. And all right, any, anyone else like a test? Does it do anything else for you? Tell me some reason why we don't like tests. It hurts. Why does it hurt? Maxine says it's it's uncomfortable and she don't want to do it. It's uncomfortable. Why? Because pushing her to go to a level that she doesn't think that she's ready for. Okay? Can anyone else identify with that? Raise your hand. Okay, any other reason we come up with why we don't like test? The truth hurts. So all this hurt. This sounds like a really self-defense uh, mechanisms that we have kicking in with tests, right? Our, our, our opposition to tests is because guess what? We don't want to actually have to deal with where we are at. We don't really want to get to the place and admit that we're not what we should be. We don't certainly want anybody else to know it, and certainly not a fifth grader who shouldn't know as much as us to find out that they know more than us, Right? Some of you have been in the church long enough, and you can recall and remember a time in which uh, you, you've known the Lord for a long time, but someone jumped on board, someone got involved with the church, and guess what? They really dug into the Word, and before you knew it, they were asking you questions, and they were talking about different things that they found in the Word of God, and, and through the course of conversation, you were kind of feeling a little bit smaller can you anybody remember or know of an occasion when that's happened to you, when you felt a little bit small? I should know more, but guess what? I see more fire in that person. I see more hunger within a person. I see more desire for the things of God in that person. I can actually recall a time in which I had that. How do I go to the next level? Why should I go to the next level? What's in store for me? What difference will it make? I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 if you would. It'll be on the screen, but I want to pray as you as you're doing that. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you that you've given us this opportunity to come together to be able to hear this word. I pray God that it finds its place within to the hearts and the knowers of everybody that's here. I pray that the evaluation mode will that will be open. That will be like sponges that the enemy wouldn't allow for anything that looks like arrogance or looks like uh, 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 just uh, wanting to just kind of stay where we're at, don't try to move us, just try to entertain I want all that stuff to just be done away with. And I pray, God, that there be hunger in this room, a hunger for a move of you, a hunger to take us to new places and to accomplish things that we have not yet ever accomplished before. In Jesus' name, amen. The Apostle Paul has a passage in a, a letter to the church in Corinth, and he starts out here in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 9, and he's, he's not mixing any words. He says, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ. Now, how many of you know that's, that's not a letter that you really want to hear just starting out with the opening comments, right? I gave you milk and not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? What? After all is Apollos. And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but say this part with me, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. How does God use you? How does he advance his children for the kingdom's purposes? I think we need to answer that question. And as I read this text, and I see here that the church, the church in Corinth, was at a place where the apostle Paul wanted them to be further along than what they were. He just calls it out and says, listen, I wish you were further along. And I could tell that you're not further along because guess what? There's quarrels and fights among you, and some of you are hung up on, on who you're following and who you got the word from. And, you know, some are following me, and others are following Apollos. And, and, you know, you don't even realize it's God who gives the growth. Okay, that's the point of this particular passage. Go ahead there if you would, please. God, right, is what causes things to grow. He's the one. He's the one who causes for us to get to that place to where we will grow up. He wants us to grow up. And I want you to understand something. I want to grow up. I feel like I'm growing up as a pastor every single year, entering into the 30 years of full-time ministry this year. It's it's, it's amazing, amen, what what the Lord is doing. I know I don't look like I'm that that battle-worn, right? My my head oh Siri thinks I'm trying to talk to her. All right, stop that. <laughs> Didn't quite catch that. Stop that, Siri. You're on silent. I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> I wanna grow and I want everybody around me to grow. I want to be somebody that helps other people to get to places where they where they couldn't get by themselves. And so I I, I got thinking and I, I'm reading this and I, I, I hear where he says uh, you know, some follow Paul and some follow Apollos. And I see that God wants us to grow. Who is this Apollos guy? Does anyone know who Apollos is? You ever? How is it that the that that Paul in in writing, in forever would be recorded for us, the author of two thirds of the of the New Testament, refers to this guy that some of them are following Paul, some are following Apollos. Don't you know that if you're in the same category with Paul, you, you're up there pretty high? But there's not a whole lot written bought apollos so i started doing a little search and so while i'm using this particular this passage here to help us know that god wants us to grow i want you to see the growth processes that take place in apollos This seemingly nobody who appears on the scene and he's all of a sudden so influential that the apostle paul inspired by the holy spirit would point out that some of you are concerned about following me and others about following apollos so let's take a look at what he is and how it is that he went to the next level. The Apostle Paul, I'm um, I mean not Apostle, Apollos did that. I want to tell you something. There's a big difference between involvement and commitment. Okay? How many of you know that involvement is something that, uh, you know, we're doing right now by just showing up to church? That's that's being involved at Central Assembly of God. I'm involved at Central. But being committed to it means that you're putting your hand to the plow and you're finding a way in order to help to serve individuals and, and, and be part of the things that are going on. If you consider breakfast, for instance, who was involved when uh, you know when a pig and a chicken were sitting down and, and uh, having a conversation about breakfast, right? We know that the chicken was involved, right, because he gave something, but that pig was a whole lot more committed, right? I want to provide a great breakfast for the family. They've taken so good care of us. <laughs> Chicken says, Yeah, I'll do that. All right. You know what I'm saying? There was a small barber shop in a small local town, and this person had been here for quite some years. Everyone had want, gone to this particular barber shop, and he kind of had a corner or a monopoly on the market. And then one day, a big hair salon, a franchise kind of came in, and they opened up shop and they advertised all haircuts will be $3. I mean, you know, that's, that's a cheap haircut, right? <laughs> Slowly, the barber's business began to dwindle because everybody's looking for a, a, a deal. He just couldn't compete. So in his last ditch effort, in order to uh, secure his business, he hired a business consultant. The consultant looked at everything that he'd been doing for years, looked at the books, looked at the area. And um, at the end of the day, the, the, the barber asked, so what do you think? What can they do? And he says, you know what? Uh, the barber's really asking, he says, should I close up shop? Is it going to get any better? And, and the consultant says, hold on, let, let me think about it overnight. And so he came back, and the ne- very next day he came back, and he had this huge banner. He says, I want you to hang this in your front window. And do you know what the banner said, We fix $3 haircuts. (laughs) You know, someone is going to tell you, if they haven't told you already in life, about the easy way. They're going to talk to you about how to, you know, get things done, and it's not going to cost you very much. Have you ever heard that saying where if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. (laughs) That's, That's there for a reason. And it's the same way with the things of God. And I I, I know I'm talking about things that are healthy will grow. but, But listen, there are some Christians who have looked for an easier, cheaper, more convenient way in order to grow. And God wants to let you know there are reasons that you're going through what you're going through so that you can be what I want you to be. Now, certain men Name Apollos. I want you to turn now into Acts chapter 18, verse 24. And we're going to see about Apollos. We're going to see who this man was and what he's done in order to grow to where he can be right there alongside of Paul. Verse number 24 we'll begin with, eighteen twenty-four. Now a certain man... Named Apollos, an Alexandrian by birth, an eloquent man, I'm reading from the New American Standard, came to Ephesus, and he was mighty in the Scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. He was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus, being acquainted only with the baptism of John, and he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wanted to go across to Achaia, the brethren encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he had arrived, he helped greet. I'm sorry. He helped greatly those who had believed through grace for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. this is one particular occasion where we find the introduction of Apollos into the realm or the world of the church. After that, we only have what is summarized later on as the Apostle Paul talking about Apollos, and, and he somehow became such a Bible teacher and an influencer that he, he got the notoriety to where some were following Paul and some were following him. So that, that's why I wanted to find out, how is it that I could get to the next level? Not, not so much. I mean, God wants us to grow. Everyone understands that, right? But how can I be in the category where some people were, would want to also follow me? And so who is this Apollos, and what does it take in order to get to the next level? Who is Apollos? Well, First of all, I want you to see here that Apollos, all right, was someone who was mighty in the, in the word, right? He was a person in the word, of the word, and by the word. He was in the word. He was mighty in the scriptures is what our, was what our text says. What does it mean to you? Mighty in the scriptures. Someone who's mighty in the scriptures is someone who understands that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want to be someone who becomes mighty in scriptures, you've got to be somebody who has experienced the scriptures, Right. Somebody who's dove into those things. Somebody who does more than just listens to the podcast. Somebody who just only has a Bible that pulls it out to be able to carry it to church. You've got to be somebody who is seeking and looking into the Scriptures on a regular basis. He was mighty in the Scriptures because he was confident in, of them, right? We know that the Scriptures are more than black and white print, for we know that they are the Word, all right? It is Jesus and and God Almighty who who is relaying himself through those Scriptures. In other words, the Word of God itself gives testimony and says, it is alive, right? The Word of God is alive. Why is it alive? It's not talking about the black and white print or the red letter edition that we have uh, on, on the Scriptures. No, it's saying the Word, the very essence of the Word is alive. And we find that Apollos was mighty in the Scriptures. He was a person of the Word. He was instructed in the way of the Lord, all right? he, he People somehow along the way had taken time to make sure that he understood some things Of the word. Now, if you want to be a person of the word, you you need to act in this particular form and fashion. Now, how many of you know that in our culture today, there's a lot of people that say, uh uh, yeah, I'm going to come to know Christ, but don't you dare tell me how I have to live. Right? They, they, they confused the whole thing that, that was going on in the song that says, you know, just as I am. How do you know Jesus accepts you just as you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way? <laughs> He comes to you and he basically begins to move within your innermost being. And this beautiful part of the of the of a Godhead called the Holy Spirit that comes and lives within each and every one of us at salvation, alright? He comes and, and he lives in us. All of a sudden, he starts to help us to be aware of things that are pleasing to God and things that are not. As we begin to read the word, study the word, be mighty in the scriptures, alright? All of a sudden you become a person of the word because there's a there's a similarity there is some association there's some likeness that begins to happen and people say I can look at I can look at John I can look at Jay I can look at uh, Mary and I can see that they are a person of the word I could see that they compare themselves they take a look at what scriptures say and say can I or should I participate in this should I view this should I listen to this how should I speak or how should I respond that's what it means to be a person of Of the word when you get instructed in the word all of a sudden it starts to it starts to bear witness with you and you're just like oh wow this is a better way to live you start you know when when, when you get to that place that, that, that we cover with the golden rule when it says treat others as you want to be treated Rather than looking at it as something impossible, you start to get excited about it because you understand that it begins to change the atmosphere. It begins to change the, uh, the environment. It begins to change the culture where you get people together who are more concerned about doing unto others as they want others to do unto them, right? It changes your whole, your whole trajectory in how you treat people. We're like, that's impossible. I can't, I can't beat that much flesh down. I can't. I just just can't do it, 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 and well. Somehow, Apollos was able to do that. He became a person of the word. I believe you can become a person of the word. I believe you could take a look at that and say, you know what? I'm not going to respond the way in which my husband or my wife is talking to me right now. I'm not going to respond the way my kids are, the way my boss is. I'm not going to treat the world in which I live the way in which they treat me. But instead, I'm going to do some Bible because I'm a person of the word. And I'm going to treat them the way in which I want them to treat me. And you're going to get some well-meaning person going to come along. And someone's going to tell you, you know what, it's not working. It's not working. Don't you let them treat you that way. But you let them in on what's really going on. You let them in on, listen, I'm not a person of the world. I'm a person of the word. And the person of the word says, I am going to treat them the way in which I want to be treated, all right? They don't deserve it. I know they don't, but I'm a person of the word. Say it with me. I'm a person of the word. I want to go to the next level, and I will do what God wants me to do. Because then I can be a person by the word, right? I can be fervent in my spirit, says the King James Version. I can be someone who will be looked upon to, to, have the, uh, the, to have the instructions to be able to teach other people. Who was Apollos? He was someone who was fervent in the Spirit. He was being fervent in the Spirit. He was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus. Now, I want you to get this, all right? You're going to see something here. He, wasn't, he didn't quite arrive. He actually had some limitations in our text, you'll see. But guess what? He was still fervent about it. He was a person in it, he was a person of it, and he is a person by it. He stood alongside of what he understood, and he proclaimed it with a passion. And we got some people in the world today, that that's some Christians who's wanting to give testimony to the things that God has done in their life, and they want to be used. They want to, they want to grow in him, but, but you know what? We're real sheepish about it because we figure we don't know enough. How about taking the things that you do know and being fervent and excited about it? Someone says, I can't witness to other people. I can't tell them about, about how to come to know Jesus. I can't, I can't do that. I don't have all the right words. I have a question for you. How did you come to know Jesus? Because that's the only thing that you need to know. All you need to know is that, guess what? I was, I was lost. I was hopeless. People are looking at me, and they knew that I was a mess up. They knew that there was no hope for me. But guess what? Something began to happen. Something began to transpire within me. And I began to read in this word, and I heard other people saying it. And now, all of a sudden, I became a person by the word i'm a testimony of the word of what has happened because the word has been shared with me i'm telling you what i'm so excited about something we're going to participate in across the whole state in in a in a across the whole nation as a matter of fact but but michigan is going to be leading the way and our church is going to be involved in what's going to be happening literally thousands of people i believe coming to know jesus christ in the month of may of this 2020. There's a a campaign that's happening. You say, well, why are we waiting for that? I'm just talking about there's going to be a concert effort of of everybody throughout this fellowship in the Assemblies of God, that we would make a clear presentation of the gospel to 10 million people. And I'm going to leave it with this, all right? We are going to practice Romans chapter 1, verses uh, uh, where where it talks about that, that, that I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. What am I talking about? I'm talking about being a people by the word. That's what Apollos was. And he grew. He went to the next level. He went from not anybody really knowing anything about him to where all of a sudden this guy, he shows up on the scene and this is what's being said about him. You see, I want you to know this, uh, point number two here, is that God took Apollos through the process. He took him through the growth, through the relationship, and through the maturing process. Some of us, we, we don't like that growth period because it also is indicative of some of the things and the changes that have to happen within us. How many of you know sometimes we we get some extra things that kind of get attached to us that slow down the growth process. Someone has to come along and they have to point out some things, some people whom you trust, some people whom, whom you rely upon, they come out and say, you know, I understand that you want to be a person in the Word, of the Word, and by the Word, but let me talk to you about this, this growth process that's necessary. You see, um, I, I'm not telling you what you, you have to do, but, but I found that as I, as I involve myself in the things of the world, I don't let go of jealousy. I don't let go of the unforgiveness. I don't let go of those things. All of a sudden, I find that I can't grow in the way in which he wants me to grow. And you look at that person and, you, and you're and you tempted to grit your, your teeth and you're just like, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what they're putting me through at work. And you and you shake your head and, and, and you get all, you know, aggravated. But guess what? It's a growth process that's about to happen in you. You know what? Some of us didn't grow up. Some of us didn't grow up liking vegetables, all right? It's something that you had to get used to. And, and, and some of you grew up, you know, you, you just had them. And some of you tasted them and you didn't like them, you still don't like them today. But whatever, I'm telling you that in order to... Be healthy, you've got to eat healthy, right? That is a true statement. You got to take care of yourself. And if you want to grow in the things of God, then you've got to do the things of God. This growth process to take a person to the next level took Apollos to the next level. But it wasn't there alone because we find that something else that happened for Apollos, right? We find that that we that he was taken in by somebody. In that middle part of verse number 26 there on the slide, it says, But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside. There's a process that needs to happen within the body of Christ that, that we, we sometimes play down. These fellowship opportunities are not just play periods, they're growth periods. The Apollos Apollos found himself having some people, Aquilus and Priscilla, who came to him and said, we heard what you've been saying. We're going to form relationship with you. (laughs) We need that in the body of Christ again. We need people to come alongside of individuals. See, they don't want me. Do you know how many times the enemy tells you over and over again, you get no business wanting to speak into someone's life. Enemy will try to tell you over and over again, they don't want to hear what you have to say. Why would they want to go to dinner with you? Why would they want to get a cup of coffee with you? Why would they care about a, a word of encouragement through a postcard or something from you? Why do you think that you could make a difference? Because I find the example in the word of God. Quill and Priscilla came along, and they heard what was being said by somebody who was fervent in the spirit, someone who was in the word, of the word, and by the word, who was determined to grow. And guess what? we got to form a relationship with this young man. we got to form a relationship because he's come to a certain point. You can read in the text that he, he came to the point to where he had only been acquainted with the baptism of John the Baptist, here he is preaching as much as he can about this Jesus and yet only having first-hand experience of a, of a baptism of repentance, not a baptism of grace. The baptism of John the Baptist was one that says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, Right? Repent and get ready because there's someone who's coming after me whose sandals I'm not unworth- that I'm not even worthy to untie. He says, you, you, you need to get ready for the fire because he's going to come on down. <laughs> Judgment's going to come. Was it wrong? No. It just wasn't done. And oh, by the way, Aquiles and Priscilla went on and began through relationship to talk to Apollos about the rest of the story began to talk about how important it was that, that Jesus would come. And yes, there is a way in which we will represent God well, but, there is, but you cannot do it in your own strength. You see, Jesus living in and through you by the power of his Spirit is the only way in which you'll ever be able to live the lifestyle that's necessary in order to be the beacon that God wants you to be. You can't do anything in and of yourself. As a matter of fact, that Old Testament scripture that says, your righteousness is as filthy rags. It's it's true. It's not that you shouldn't be concerned about righteousness. It's that you can't look towards your righteousness as what makes you clean. (laughs) This relationship was absolutely necessary. So that he could go through a maturing process. Hmm. You know, sometimes there's things that are happening around us that really set us up and make, make us feel like there's just no way that we're ever going to get our, our locomotive headed in the right direction. <laughs> there's no way in which this train is ever going to get on down the line with its cargo. The, the opposition is just too intense. We look at the world We look at all of the wickednesses within the world. We'll listen to what, as I said before, polls say or individuals. And we realize real quickly that guess what? We are part of the remnant. And as part of the remnant, the enemy wants to remind you, there's a whole lot more of us than there is of them. All right? Of you. We need in a moment, like Elijah and his servant, he says, Lord, open up their eyes. He was there, and they were in a city in the Old Testament, and they were, they were surrounded by the enemy. And, and all around all, everywhere, it looked like there was an opposing force that was going to take them over. And Elijah prays for his servant, and he says, Lord, let him see what I see. He opened up his eyes, and he came, and he says, my goodness. And he could have said, great God, Right? With all types of reverence and respect, he says, there are more who are for us than those who are against us. Amen? How many of you know you need a revelation? You need to have a little maturing process to realize that when it feels like everything is falling apart, it just happens to be a blip on the screen. It happens to be a moment in your journey. It doesn't have to define you. You, you, Your response to it, you may have tripped over yourself. You may have said something wrong. You may have failed in a big-time way. But guess what? It's one failure compared to the accomplishments that Jesus Christ has accomplished for you. Amen? I'm telling you a maturing process will be a humbling process for you. It will cause for you to see every area that you are missing out on. It, 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 your, your, your blind sides will become apparent to other people, and sometimes people will betray you, and guess what, you'll feel like throwing in the towel. But don't do it, because God said, I'm maturing you. I wanna teach you how to respond to this. Listen, there was a small store store owner who was being pressured to sell his storefront to, uh, uh, to the larger department stores of the things that were there. And he came into the particular area and he just, everybody, he saw everybody selling out and giving way, and, 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 and he was just like, there's just no hope. I, I don't feel like I'm supposed to sell my store. And so he did it. And out of spite, this, this, this department store took this great big old banner and strung it from, from, from side to side across the street because they purchased up everything that was there. And he's like, what in the world am I going to do? And he got an idea. I don't know if it was a God idea, but here's, it's a maturing idea. It's an idea that says things aren't over till it's over, right? It's something that says, guess what? He says, I'm going to do something different. They just put a sign up that said grand opening. How about I tell them where the main entrance is? Happened to be over his storefront. You know what I'm saying? You see, sometimes there needs to be a little bit of a twist that takes place. There needs to be a little bit more perspective that comes so that you can start to see things through this maturing process. You won't get it really easy, all right, if you don't become a person in the Word, of the Word, and by the Word, right? Here we are, in living in 2019 and about to enter into 2020. When I left here, I was going to have to lead a congregation into the Y2K. And the questions was, Pastor, what's your ideas? What should we do? How much food should we sort up? We got the generators. We got the water. I'm not saying all that stuff was bad stuff in and of itself, but I'm just saying to you, the pressure that was there, and 20 years later, there's been a maturing that's been going on. There's been this understanding that I need to be responsible and do everything I can do. But there has to be this place where I let go and I let God. There has to be this place where I put a smile on my face and say, it doesn't matter what comes against me, for greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. Amen? I want you to know something. The enemy has put up a store. He's tried to say that there's a grand opening on living any kind of way what which you want. You Christians are irrelevant. There's no hope for you. Your message isn't desirable by anybody who wants to have it, but guess what? You've got another banner that you can put up, all right, right underneath that, and that is, this is the main entrance. The main entrance is Through a way of love. The main entrance is through a way of of, of denying myself and doing something different for other people. This main entrance that you may think the enemy tries to convince you won't make a difference. It'll make an eternal difference because we're being matured. Last part is this that I see about Apollos is that he had future plans. future ministries and future challenges. (laughs) Look at the scripture there with me. And when he wanted to go across to Achaia, the brethren encouraged him and she, and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he had arrived, he helped greatly those who had believed through grace. For he powerfully, say powerfully, refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. As the praise team comes, I want to tell you something today. God had a future plan for Apollos. He thought and maybe even gave way to it was an idea of his to go to Achaia. But it was something that was planted in his heart by the Holy Spirit. It was a setup for a future plan to touch a people. See, Achaia was a region. It was an area in Greece. And uh, how many of you know how, how important it was for uh, the, 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 Grecians, the Greek community to establish and to take over and to be in control in which they were? They made roadways, gave us language, things that allowed for us to reach into areas, uh, us back then. then. And, and, and the gospel could go to places where it never could go before. Because of the Greeks. And he says, I have a desire to go there. To those people who who don't really understand the significance of what this Jesus has done in me. And God says, well, that's my plan for you anyway. I want to tell you something. You see, the plan, the future plan that God has for you is probably a place that you cannot go by yourself. It's not some place that you can go. It's, it's probably intimidating to you. And you're not going to get there unless God takes you there. But it is a future that he has in mind for you. Your future may begin with some of the simple things, right? It may begin with some of the things I've been talking about as far as with the prayer. With the, with the, with the uh, reading of the Bible. With the hanging out with the right people. Being part of a life group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, some 18 people who responded who's not in a life group to the text that happened last week, and I hope hopefully uh, this body understands how vital it's going to be for us to get together with one another. Thank you for the response, to those individuals, and if you're involved in the life group, that that's great because I know a number of you are. Raise your hand right now if you're part of a life group. Go ahead. You, look at that. Look at, look at look at that right there. So you see the hands of the ones that are not respond to the text, let me know, let me get you plugged in. This week we're going to be formulating those things. But here's the deal. God wants to take you to places where you can't get by yourself. You've got to have some other people come alongside of you. You've got to have God come. God's going to speak through other people and help you in this process. He's got a future plan. He's got a future ministry there's been some people who sit back and they've looked at what other people have done in ministry. They look at some people who's been up here on the prayer team and, and, and they says, one day, one day I want to be somebody who's prayed up, who has faith, who's recognized the calling of God on their life to where I can lay hands on people and answers can come from God as I pray and come in agreement with them. Well, guess what? That can happen in a moment's notice. It can happen when you say, this is what I want I want to be someone who a story is being told about. Well, I know some of you are concerned about following Pastor Wally. Some of you are concerned about following, you know, following after you know Shara. You've heard, you've heard, you know how influential she is and how effective and successful that she is, in this prayer thing. And and you know, I want to be. How about you know what? You recognize that God's got some place He wants you to go. He is no respecter of persons. His favor doesn't come upon anybody because of their religious acts. But because they get hungry. We find here that Apollos was someone who was mightily convincing the Jews. It says he powerfully refuted the Jews in public. I want to tell you something. If you're going to go to the next level, there are battles that you cannot win by yourself. You can't do it. You have to feel like your back is up the wall, uh, up against the wall, at different times. I don't say try to get yourself there. I'm not telling you to do a Rocky. I'm not telling you to put your hands down and bid the enemy. Just come on, smack me, smack me, smack me, smack me. And then in that moment, some superpower strength's going to come in. I'm telling you that when you're doing all that you can do, and all of a sudden. You're sensing a ministry calling. You're sensing something that the Lord wants to take you in. You say to yourself, you say to your spirit, do not fret, for it is not I who can give you what you have need of. No pastor can lay his hands on it and give you what you have need of. It's God Almighty who will equip you to do exactly what he's calling you to. And when you can stand back and can say, the only thing I did was get hungry. The only thing I did was begin to pray. The only thing I did was begin to get into his word so I could become a person of the word and by the word. The only thing I did is I, I let this maturing process start to take place within me. I, I started to say, God, I need you to grow in me. You know what I'm saying? Then, then maybe, then maybe, possibly. Wouldn't it be cool in today's writings if somehow, some way someone could just say, did you see the faith there? Uh-uh. I know the 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 contrast with regards to, you know, following after. But I just was curious about why. How did Apollos get to this place? We know Paul's journey, but how did Apollos get that way? I think the same thing can happen for every single one of us. Every single one of us. Has God spoken to you about the next level? As you spoke, what's it going to take for you to get to the next level? Some of you, someone here today, your next level is going to be giving your life to Jesus Christ. You know who you are. Someone here is going to get baptized in our next baptism service. Someone here is going to join the life group. Someone here is Going to become a member after they go through the growth track. Someone here is going to get on a serve team. You're going to become part of the team. Someone here is going to answer the call to full time Christian service. Who is it? Who is it? Is it too late? Have you made too many mistakes? How about just considering those things as part of the maturing process? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We're thankful that you've given to us this opportunity to come together as a, as a fellowship. And we can cry out and we can say, Lord, we recognize that you have done something in our lives that we can't take credit for. You saved us. So I pray right now, Lord, that if there be anybody that doesn't know you, that can't say that, they haven't experienced that, that they would start out today and say, I, I sign up, put me down. I want to be a follower of Christ. I recognize I can't do it in my own strength. I've messed up too much. I need him right now to come in. Not only to convict me of sin, but to convince me of his love. Every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today and you say, I am making a decision, a decision today to follow after Jesus. I'm not, I haven't been a follower. You may be a guest here today. You may have been sitting here for years. I don't know, I'm not sure, but you say, I want to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to begin on this journey. Would you lift up your hand? Where are you at in this place? Where are you at? Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Amen. You can put your hand down. Someone else. Someone else today. Someone here today that wants to make a rededication. You know that you've been wavering. You know that you've been all over the map. And, and you're kind of ashamed at your, your your commitment level. But today you say, I'm committing my life to Jesus afresh and anew. Where are you at today? Anybody here today making a recommitment to him? Anybody today? Yes. God bless you. I see that. I see that. Yes. You can put your hand down. God bless you. I see that. God bless you. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we love you. We pray with me with these individuals right now, those that raise their hands? I thank you right now, Jesus. For by the power of your spirit, convincing them that you have your arms wide open, that no matter how many mistakes that we make, that you're standing there bidding for us, rooting us on and saying, come to me. Your word says, draw near to you and you will draw near to us. And, and we believe that. These individuals believe that today. Lord, by the uplifted hand, they said, I have need of you. I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would come afresh and anew and you would convince them of that that, that, that the saving knowledge and the, and the saving place. God, I'm not convinced him of it. Instead, I want to tell him what the word of God says. It says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Take that moment right now and call upon him. Call upon him silently or with your own audible voice, whatever it is. I don't want to embarrass you, but just right now get desperate for him. I call upon you. I ask you to save me. I ask you to renew me in Jesus' name. It's as simple as that is, that process. We want to help you grow. We're going to help you grow. You're going to let us know about it, and we want to be able to help you. You shouldn't do it alone. As I said here today, there's still though some other individuals here today, and you know that you're stuck, you're stale, and 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 you know that things need to change. And that's you. By the uplifted hand, lift up your hand right now. Say, uh, things got to change. Things got to change. I gotta, I gotta become a person. In the word, of the word, by the word, right now. I I, I want to be like Apollos. Come on, yell yeah, hands up all over this place right now. We're being real with you, Lord. We're being real with you.